September 9, 2021. This is Ablecraft, Episode 8. I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Sir Spencer. Back, flying by the seat of our pants, like always. Oh, yeah. A lot of crazy, no. crazy stuff going on here. So No other way to fly, man. No other way to fly. Yeah. I've been digging into the web dev stuff. Uh, that's what I spent most of this week on. So I, I've been working on, did I, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode, but I've been working on just the website design. Oh, gotcha. So I'm going through, I spent a whole day on SVG files and uh, trying to get, uh, my, my idea for the website would be there's a background with a star field inside it. And I said, oh, yeah, and I can animate it. And so, you know, being who I am, what I did is I got a catalog of stars with the right ascension and declination of every star. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll just fit it to the screen. <laughs> and so I did. And, I, and so now I've, I spent a whole day on this. So I have an SVG image, which has an accurate uh, render of all of the brightest stars. And they're even scaled by magnitude. So I have, you know, a CSS classes. Um, so if it's oh, a star, wow. it draws it draws it at the right location, and then because in CSS you can have multiple classes, you can say class equals star space m one would be a, a magnitude one star, and so it knows to draw it a little brighter. And so oh, you look wow. at this thing, and you can see the constellations in it and everything. And it, it and my thought was, I just wanted to have it animate or get the time of day. And I went through all this, and then I I realized at the end of it. That although you can embed JavaScript inside uh, an SVG file, as I started learning more and more about this, um, I always knew you could put JavaScript in an SVG file, but it won't execute the right way. It's just static. So when you when you set it as the background image in your uh, like the background style for the web page, it basically runs. One, it's like you can't do an animated uh, star field that way. It's just, ah shit. So I ah. you know I messed it up and. Anyway, I have this cool star field, but it doesn't move right. And uh, so there, that's, I, I wasted a bunch of time, a whole day on that. Now, how is that on uh, resources? Um, is, it pretty, is it pretty quick when it loads up and everything? Oh, absolutely. Or? Yeah. It's, okay. It, it's, compared to some of these other websites, it is nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's only everything like everything is JavaScript bloated these days, so. Yeah. This one's, uh, this one is, it's kind of like one of those demo scene programs. You ever see those? Yeah, where you it's the demo scene was a sort of community of people who would make computer programs where they just sort of open up and they play cool flashy graphics and stuff and uh that's just about all they ever did, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like that, you know, it's a little art thing. Yeah, I wrote some copy for the Bobcat feeder trying to figure out what Yep, I saw that. Trying to figure out what it is uh and how do you describe that so how do you explain it? Too. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle, I have a personal web page that really needs to exist. <laughs> it doesn't, you know. And so, anyway, that's my 100% update on everything I've been up to. Uh, Beautiful. I, I didn't do anything else. Been in the spider web drawing stars. Uh. Yeah. What about you? What do you well, got? Well, I've week? I've been crawling through uh, my Elisis drum kit menu uh-huh. and just crawling through the docs and trying to learn more about it. Um, you remember last time we talked about. Uh, dynamics and how everything's at like 121 or 127 or whatever the hell yeah. the, the max is. Yeah, 127. Uh, and you're like, hey, are you really kicking the absolute crap out of the drum Yeah. Uh, for every drum kick? And I'm like, no, it, it kind of varies from like 
I guess it varies from hard to super hard, but I did dive into the menu options and uh, there's a few different menus in the Alesis uh, menu. There's You can change voice, trigger, go through utilities, mm-hmm. and then there's one called USB memory. So in voice, it gives you the option to basically set any of the built-in drum sounds that it comes with so you can mm-hmm. customize any of the pads and what they trigger. You can adjust the volume, the pan, the pitch, the reverb, the decay, all that kind of stuff within there. Uh, and then the trigger menu is what we are more interested in, uh, yeah. starting with sensitivity. Yeah, that sounds right. Sensitivity sounds like the right parameter. <laughs> and funny enough, like the sensitivity for like the snare and toms is at a six. The cymbals are a little higher, I think, at uh, ten. And then the kick, for some reason, the sensitivity is set at 11 by default. <laughs> like that's how high it goes, huh? I took way down to like four yeah. for the kick sensitivity, and it seems to be working a lot more. Like I can hear variation in my kick now when I'm playing along. And it's funny, like you need a set, second set of eyes and ears on your stuff because I never even really thought about it or heard that mm-hmm. until you pointed it out. And then I just hear... When I listen for the kick in these recordings and I hear it playing back, it's just like, it is. It's like a full blast at every single <laughs> kick, no matter where in the song. Yeah. Uh, so fixed all of that. Um, in there, you can also play with uh, things like the uh, head to rim sensitivity. So like there are rim uh, sensors and pad sensors on all of the toms and the snare. Really? And so you can turn that up or down to kind of control the crosstalk that happens. Because if you hit the rim, the snare, you know, the pad is still sensitive enough to feel it and vice versa. If you hit Mm -hmm. the pad, the rim will feel it. So you kind of can adjust that so that it's not triggering the wrong one or triggering both of them when you hit one. You need to make some sample files of you hitting um, the pad and the rim so I can, because when I look at the MIDI data, I don't see it. I see only snare drum. I see, oh, this tom was hit, and I don't see any information about yeah. uh, whether it was in the middle of the pad or the side of the pad or the rim of the pad or anything. I don't like think I've used any rim hits uh, in the two things I've sent you, in the two songs I've sent you so far. Um, Unless that's the duplicate data. Remember, I was saying that when I was going oh, through, sure. through some that's, weird duplicate that's possible. files. They do send as separate MIDI notes. So if it's n- mm. if it if there's no separate note, then I don't think that could be it. Mm. I was also doing some like testing around because in the trigger menu, once you hit something, it gives you a little bit of information of that particular trigger's sensitivity and all the settings where it's set. Uh, and you can, like I said, you can change what uh, what sound plays. You can even bring in custom sounds mm-hmm. to put on the pads too. Uh, but what interested me the most is it seemed like the open and closed hi-hat was sending the same MIDI note, even though it plays a different sound. And then I looked in the documentation, and the default MIDI note is different for an open versus a closed hi-hat, which would make sense. You know, you'd want to send a different MIDI note because mm-hmm. it's a different thing being triggered. So I was just wondering, do you ever hear a hi-hat sizzle like on the things that I've sent you? Is a sizzle built in? Like an open versus a closed hi-hat? Mm. Or have they all just been completely closed hi-hat and I never and I never sizzle it? They're always closed. Um, Damn it. As far as I hear. 
Now, some of the drum kits I have have a difference where some of them will have more states for hi-hats. So it could be open and you hit it or closed and you hit it. But uh, I think there's four. I have to go through and, and find out what the exact ones are. There's usually, there's always at least three different things you can, you can play. Yeah. Uh, but some of the set, some of the drum, drum kits that I have have a fourth. Usually they put it on this low B flat. Um, the B flat below E2. I don't know what that is. The uh, or uh, it's not E2, E2. It's the B flat below uh, E1. And that one is a different sound. I'm not a drummer. I don't know what the technical name for that is. But that is the, I think the fourth one that you're talking about. Uh, hmm. That that sound that we don't hear <laughs> that you're probably playing, but it's not coming through. Yeah, the uh, what we call an open hi hat, or sometimes a sizzle. Like a hi-hat sizzle. But, uh, yeah, that should be going on. I mean, I that I use all the time. Hmm. Uh, so. And you don't hear it when I, if you don't hear it when I, uh, I, when I, I wasn't even drums, then it's, something's wrong. I'll, I'll have to re-listen to the stuff. Uh, cause I, di this is all stuff that I found out today as far as the s same note being sent and the same MIDI note. So I haven't actually listened for that, but now I'm going to have to go back and say, well, does the hi-hat ever sizzle in any of these samples? I'm going to have to uh, put my ear on it. Do you know in Reaper how to use the MIDI logger? I sure don't. Yeah, um, so when you're recording onto a track with MIDI, there's an effect you can put on. It's, it, it's in the same menu as an effect, you know, but it's actually a tool, and it's called MIDI logger. MIDI logger, okay. And all it does is it has like a blank kind of notepad page, and every MIDI note that passes through that effect, it just writes it on the screen with all its parameters. Like it just dumps okay. it to a log file. And so you can sit there and hit a key and make sure you'll see the note on, the velocity on, you'll see the note off. If there's off velocity, it'll be there. If it's sending like CC messages, those get logged too. Gotcha. There's all kinds of stuff that it might be doing that you don't know. And then you can do a test and say, hey, I'm going to hit the rim and see what note comes up and what effect, you know, what, what the parameters are and all that. Make sure it's right. Man, you Gosh. know what we should do on this podcast? What? Uh, I'm going to set this up for next week. Um, let's do some technical discussion. I'll, I'll bring this as a technical discussion of some of these music things. Like, what is MIDI? Because okay. we keep talking about this shit, but right. I should come in and, and do... Like, what is MIDI? Okay, it's a serial communication thing. It's like RS-232. I should go in and do it, see if I can bring a quick uh, little lecture on where it came from and what it is. And what, what is a MIDI message? What are the kinds of uh, frames you can receive? And uh, Yeah, that would be really cool. What's the state of MIDI in the world today? Because I, I could do a pretty good job at that. Not off the top of my head, but uh, I have a with, lot of notes and stuff. With a little bit of prep? Yeah, with a little prep, I could do that. Well... I'm kind of, I was furiously diving through all of the different menu options because I'm looking for a couple of things that I want to do, you know, specifically. And the last real menu option besides, well, there's USB memory, which has to do with, you know, plugging a thumb drive into the thing, which mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily interested in yet. And then there's factory reset. But the third uh, menu dive is utility. So there's a few utilities uh, GM mode, which you can set to on or off. That's general MIDI mode. Yeah. Um, and my brain kind of turned to mush when I was reading the documentation about what exactly does that do. Yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of an old thing. I... It's like, and it it basically pertains to MIDI signals coming in. Yeah. Anyway, 
So I'm not sending any MIDI signals in from an external source. So it's on by default. I didn't touch it. There's local control mode, and that has to do with the MIDI signals going out. Mm-hmm. There's lefty mode, which um, I'm kind of I am technically left-handed, but I'm almost ambidextrous in that I don't know. It's weird. It's not that I can easily switch between left and right. It's just that the just... way that I learn is the way that. I stay. So, like, I bat left, but I throw right. I golf right-handed. Um, You're an ambidextral is what you are. <laughs> maybe that, yeah. I'm, or maybe I'm just a freaking weirdo. <laughs> but uh, uh, then the auto power, that's not important. You know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes are off. And then contrast. So that's the only parameters that you can really change. Yeah. What I'm interested in is, uh, to me, an idiot should be pretty simple. I'm interested in the 80-some-odd kits that come pre, uh, pre-programmed pre onto the Alesis command module, using those in Reaper, triggering those sounds in Reaper like I can hear in my headphones, yep. and also uh, maintaining the MIDI data associated with them so that you on your end have the ability to edit all of that. Do you have a... Mm, do you know what reinsert is? It's a Reaper I, plugin. I don't it's reinsert. An, it's another one of these plugins that ships with Reaper, and it lets you um, do exactly what you described, where what you can say is, um, I want to take the MIDI data that's inside this channel in Reaper and send it out to a device and then take this audio back and record it. God, it, if I could do like, that. Yeah, get look up the reinsert effect. I, okay, I mean, I I'm, I can, I'm circling it on my notes right now. I'm, um, I'm in danger mode. I'm I'm opening the. Uh-oh. I'm opening it while we're recording. You're clicking on Reaper. I I refuse to do that because I already know. Yeah, I I already we know, know what happens. I put it on and disabled it. Yeah, so you should be able to pick your hardware sends, and you okay. you pick your hardware send to be some MIDI device, and you'll say sure. all MIDI channels send, and then your hardware returns will be whatever the uh, the audio out of your uh, drum kit is. Gotcha. And it has a feature called automatic device latency adjustment. Which is going to be important, <laughs> I right? Think. Yeah, because uh, right, because my MIDI data would be USB to MIDI into a USB port on my machine, yeah. whereas the audio goes XLR into my Behringer board, and then from that USB and into the machine. So it's two different signals. You have your forty or fifty millisecond latency on there that we have That's to be right. wise to. So that'll. Uh, it, I think it has a way to automatically detect that, but if you if it doesn't work, you can just punch, I think, a, whatever that number I told you, 47, just punch that number in and it'll line it up close enough, I think. At okay. least it did it for me, so. I, I will definitely give that a shot. Um, the only other kind of topic I had to ask you about was more on the album side of things than the technical side of things. Okay. And I've been practicing on, I guess, an old Monday Ghost demo that I had. Mm-hmm. And... I'm looking for the No Drums Monday Ghost, I guess. No uh, Drums Monday Ghost. In Synology Drive, I looked in demos. MG No Drums is the 49-second demo, so I know that's not the full... I think it's like almost three minutes. Hmm. Uh, in the recording, the Monday Ghost folder is totally empty. That was... I don't know. Maybe you... I, I don't know if it got wiped. I haven't been playing with it. Uh, in the Stems folder, it only has making Beans in it. I in the it's... renders folder, there's Monday Ghost WIP. 
Yeah, I think but it that doesn't was... have. Is that what we're listening to right now? Yeah, I think this was this was it. I didn't. I don't think it has any vocals or anything other than guitar and bass. Yeah, that's what's in it right now. Okay. It's right. only. Uh, it's only. Uh... So, this is what I I did with Fletcher's. We counted out all the beats for everything, and we okay. just said, "Here's the guitar background for it." And he, he played like the bass underneath it on some of the parts, like this part. Yeah, I heard I heard some bass in there, and I thought that was Fletcher. But that's it. There's no drums and there's no vocals yet. If you okay. want, if it helps you, I can put the vocals in. But honestly, I'm such a simp that I I would really like the vocals in there. Okay. And I can't even explain why, to be honest with you. Hmm. You just need to hear it. It to... was just like now that I've heard the song with the vocals and like the lyrics, I'm like, oh yeah, where's that part coming in? And I'm just like waiting yeah. for it, you know. And I just like I don't know. I don't know. I feel foolish. Like I don't know what to do, you know. But I feel like a little bit lost without the vocals in it. Well, I that don't know. that answers a question we had because when I did like the Willow Brown renders and the like wine renders, I did ones with and without vocals because I didn't know if anyone. Yeah. I thought maybe I would... it'd be easier without them. So. I gotta have the vocals, I guess. I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it. Okay. No, so then I, uh, having not found that, or well, I was kind of looking for other versions, I was looking for the vocal song, but then I started practicing kind of on like wine. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you were looking for more of a driving feel or a halftime feel on it, because it kind of feels like it could go both ways. But I sort of like the halftime a little bit better. Whatever you like. Um, okay. You're in charge of the drums. <laughs> wow. Okay. If it so. if it's really doesn't fit, I'll I'll let you know for sure. But whatever your I instincts a, are, uh, I'll go with those. I don't I don't know if you're totally opposed to this, but I can I can try to give you the two different versions. Sure. Um, don't, don't bother me none. Let me see if this works. I'm just going to try this like on the fly, uh, first time ever. Oh. No practice. <laughs> Am I going to be able to hear it? Well, that's what I'm hoping. Here we go. Don't get much colder than the kids who watch you go in the street. Like all the ones, like all the ones before. My phone is making it skip. Yeah, but, uh, I, I heard that. You could hear the different, uh, basically on two and four with the snare hits, is the kind of upbeat driving, mm-hmm. or the more sway like you only have a snare hit on three rather than two and four. And I kind of like that three thing. Yeah. It's a little bit laid back and, you know, in the I, I don't know. What I do like think? the idea of if I was going to do it, I would only have the snare hit on three, especially okay. for the verse. Maybe in the chorus you can do because the idea of that song is it's kind of depressing and it's in a minor key at the beginning. And it's very um, it's like it's got these kind of slow kind of, you know, ethereal guitars in the background. Yep. Um, that are just kind of going along. It's almost like uh in my mind, it's like Tequila Sunrise or something. It's like an Eagles song, or it's a it's a Hangover sure. song. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's a Hangover then, song at the beginning. Then there's a chorus, which is a little more upbeat. But then the idea was just at the end, the the bridge right at the end of the song, it ch- actually changes to a major key, 
and sure. it has that kind of bright ending. And there was almost a kind of when transitioning between uh, chorus and verse where I had put the snare on the and of three even for another variation. Let me see if I can find it. something in there you know yeah um it's kind of hard to maintain yeah but uh, i was still playing with different structures of it and i just wanted to run it by you i don't that's that's the one thing that i usually am able to do with uh other people's music is like we're playing it in the same room yeah. and like i can just all of these different things that i'm jumping one to the other to the other and like trying to develop you know I get like this instant feedback of whether they hate it or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas with this project, I'm like, oh, there's these different places I could go with it. I could take it this way. I could take it this way. You kind of yeah, end up going but up to like, the cabin for a while and you have to sit around and figure it out on your own. Exactly. And bring and it back like, and do, hope, <laughs> hope it works. Do I commit to this one? And then it's just like totally dorky and ruins the feel. And then I have to like go back to the pad and be like, oh, well, there's this other idea I had. May, can I remember it? Um, anyway. Uh, I think it it's like, I uh, think it's good. I liked the the mellower version with the less um, yeah less snare hits. And it, here's something else to think about: is that when it's actually mixed, it wouldn't sound the way that you it sounds to you when you play. Because what I would do, the first thing I would do is I'd turn the hi hats down like six to ten dB from where they were sure, when you were playing, definitely. and those would be just kind of in the background. Yeah. And then the snare would be kind of low too, you know. And I want to get a kind of a cross stick snare too cuz that kind of feels more like what it's going for. Um I just didn't have that pulled up right away. Um But that cross stick sound is a bit softer. Oh yeah. Uh No, I don't have my stuff live. I can't play it. <laughs> Man, I had the uh last time I was at the Guitar Center. They had this beautiful pearl electronic kit. Uh oh. Like, guitar Center. It was like three or four grand or something, and I was like, "Oh, let me just sit down and play on this kit that I'll never own." Yeah. And it did cross stick. Like it could tell if you were doing the cross stick pattern or not. <laughs> like that's how good it was. I was just like so impressed. It had hi hats that separated instead of just one pad that you hit, and then the you know the pedal is either up or down. It had real looking and feeling hi-hats that came apart you know eventually you'll have a there'll be an electronic drum kit that's so sophisticated that it's actually just a regular drum kit with mics on it <laughs> <laughs> right you know how you get a really good real sounding hi-hat is you just have a hi-hat with a, a stereo overhead well, wouldn't that be nice <laughs> and then it just like somehow also does midi data and you say it you, and changes the sound <laughs> you can yeah. change the sound of it yeah well, you could do that. You know, you just move the mics around. If you want to change the sound, you can move the mics further apart or closer together. Put effects on the mics. And... Or you put it in a different room. There's your yeah. reverb. You know, you can play in a uh, parking garage. All the guitar players <laughs> get the cool effects pedals, man. Us drummers really would just... Yeah. One or two would be nice, you know. Oh, man. So in podcasting 2.0 uh, news, I had a quick exchange with Adam Curry. Uh, he was talking about a feature on... 
uh, it was the Connect Mobile Wallet feature of the uh, Raspi Blitz. Oh, and, okay. And so I opened that up. I he was talking about something else. I think it was the Send Many or something like that wallet, but I didn't hmm. know what it was. I was just picking through because, and what I realized is that there's a feature inside Raspi Blitz which I didn't know of, where you can connect a mobile wallet to it. And, I didn't know that either. Yeah, and so. I don't know. I, I was going to check in with you. It sounds like you don't know anything about it, because I didn't know anything about it either. Yeah, I'm SSHing into mine device right now, actually. Where Where is that located? It was is it like in a service? or Yeah, it was under... I'm sorry. I thought it was in additional services. What you got to do is menu, connect, then there's a connect mobile wallet. Oh, sure. Mono, mobile, okay. Connect yeah. mobile wallet, huh. Interesting. So, And does this give you the option of, like, Zeus or... Uh, Zap or those kind of things. I, Let's see. Ah, oh, yeah. Zeus, Sphinx Chat, Sin Mini, and Fully Noted. So how come we can't get a podcast app uh, in in there? Does I it don't... have to be written into the Raspi Blitz? Um, or where's yeah. the general wallet? Like, where's the uh, generic wallet protocol? I don't know. Is there such a thing? I'm not really sure, you know? I think that the wallet... I don't... See, that's the real uh, tough part about it. Like, I'm not deep nerded enough into it to know the, like, where, like, where's your Raspy Blitz's wallet? Which one is the wallet? I don't know. I know that you can do a send and receive on chain or off chain, you know? Yeah. But and uh, usually I use Thunderhub as my um, interface to do that with. But really, all the Thunderhub does is just call. Uh, LNCLI commands uh, in the background. You know, it's just making commands, but giving you shiny buttons to click on to make those commands. Yeah. It, it really, when I was going through this, I was realizing how immature most of this stuff is. I, I oh, mean, yeah, we talk about totally. how bleeding, you know, we've got bleeding the bleeding the podcast. Right. No, this is really bleeding. Because what would you really want inside this? Well, I want to have a payroll service. That, mm-hmm. that where I, I have my wallet, my Raspi Blitz, and I want to be able to connect it to my ERP system or something. So I sure. can um, track, you know, oh, my employees fill out their time card, and then it generates their pay stubs and and then issues them uh, key send payments for whatever they're owed, you know, every every other Friday. That kind of system doesn't exist yet. But it's something that could exist, you know, it's just has to be done and with this el salvador thing uh on rare encounter i was talking with ryan bemrose and we Ooh. went into this uh, kind last of brief night? Discuss- yeah last night uh he was filling in for cold acid i'll have to catch up on it i've been i'll get my dad move <laughs> i'll give you i'll give everyone if you're listening to this show you don't need to listen to rare encounter unless you want to rareencounter.net uh check it out the um also bowl after bowl you can check that one out too hey but the Basics were that McDonald's was accepting Lightning payments in their McDonald's store in El Salvador. And what cool. I said is, this is the overlooked part. At least I overlooked it when we first heard the story about El Salvador uh, saying that Bitcoin is going to be a uh, accepted as a uh, an official currency. Is that there's a lot of corporations that do business in El Salvador, including McDonald's. I think Walmart was one of them, and there's a couple other. Uh, entities down there who now what's fallen into their lap is these multinational corporations have to figure out how to deal with lightning payments and mcdonald's did for example they have a a system where and i saw this on podcastindex.social it was a a post and some pictures of the 
of some food. He went in to buy breakfast, and he tried to pay with Bitcoin, so they printed out a receipt, and the receipt had a QR code, which was a uh, invoice, lightning invoice. He takes the picture with this thing, with his phone, the, uh, his wallet pays the McDonald's uh, uh, system through the lightning network, and then that's how he paid for his breakfast. Very cool. Yeah. And so by them doing this, the, the side effect is that there's a lot of businesses are going to have to, um, you know, put this technology in. I mean, if this is yep. legal tender for debts, public and private, that means you have to be able to buy a Big Mac with it. Right. So I'm, I think are that's you... a interesting thing to think about is what happens now that Walmart has at least a small little research division on the side where they said, yeah, we're doing some weird demo thing in El Salvador with Bitcoin. And then they realize that they have a division that's, we're making sales and we're not giving anything to Visa or MasterCard. Right. What if we could roll this out another place? You know, how far can we roll this out without pissing off our, our sweet deals with the payment card systems? Because uh, they, they all reduce great about, deals, yeah. you know? So. Uh, I was curious if you're connected on any social platform with uh, Rootsol. He's the he's the lead developer of the Raspy Blitz project. No, um, his Twitter. I don't know if you tweet it. Uh, I no. just I deleted my regular Twitter and I only have the Bull After Bull uh, Twitter, but that's usually how I talk to him. He's at Rootsol, but he also has a Mastodon, uh, or maybe it's Plimmer. I don't know. Uh, you can find him at Rootsol at Chaos Social. R o o t z o l l. And he's the, he's the main dev on it. Oh, I'll see if I can rootzel at chaos.social. And here we go. Yeah, I'm following him. There you go. That yeah. Right now. He'd be the guy to ask about, you know, if, if you have an idea that you want to feature integrate to the Raspy Blitz in particular. <laughs> I don't know if I can contribute any more than just say, hey, why didn't you do this yet? Sure. Or, you know, you can also bother the GitHub page, too. Yeah. Like, uh... As... As you do, uh, as I'm learning, uh, this yeah. is the traditional way to use GitHub. That's how to I've poke the bear, out, yeah. yeah. Is you go on just, GitHub, open an issue, and complain about things. Yeah, just bitch about a feature that doesn't <laughs> exist yet. <laughs> and boom, you're a contributor. That's <laughs> all you have to do. Yep. Yep. Um, we, had a, we had our episode recorded after Podcasting 2.0 last week, so we don't have a new episode to talk about. That's right, yeah. Oh, twice in a... Two two times we uh, we didn't have a podcasting 2.0 episode at least for uh, for us it feels like because they skipped a week and now we uh, we delayed a uh, a day so you know we already yeah we jumped episode. on one side and then the other side of their episode Oops. we always got to keep them th- guessing you know keep them on their toes yeah um let's see do we have any other things to discuss before we can pull the plug on this. General, um, why do we have the general MIDI page open? Uh, it's because we were talking about it. Let's close that. I don't need that. Doesn't need to be in my notes. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, that was the end of my note list here. I have physical notes. All right. I keep on a paper. Let's stay in touch. Uh, good luck uh, moving with everything. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to be up there all weekend doing that. So he's got to be out by Sunday. Oh, geez. I love it. Uh, it's. A great feeling once you're done, but yeah, when it's the day before you're done and there's still six trips left, oh god, mm-hmm. here you go. Yeah, so let me stall for a second because I closed the folder with our uh, outro music. Oh yeah, I was clicking I, around too much, you know. We can't, 
This is terrifying. We can't close the show until we uh, I know. the outro music. Need more displays. Need more <laughs> always, displays. Yeah. Always more displays will help. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got it. So now we can get the hell out of here by playing this song. There we go. And until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. And I've been Sir Spencer. Adios. Adios.